you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we continue our trek through the Zero Dawn facility, we get captured by Helis, and fight for our lives in the Sunring. Welcome to episode 19 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. My name is Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. And uh, yeah, I'd like to welcome any new listeners as well as welcome back any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for coming back and checking out the show again. And I would like to extend uh, our invite to our Discord server, mash.gg slash Discord, once again, where we have channels dedicated to Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. We'd love to hear what you have to say about the show, about the games. So please come join us there. So a uh, quick recap before we uh, continue our way through the Project Zero Dawn facility. Uh, so in our last episode, we entered Sunfall for the first time, and we laid eyes on High Priest Bahavis. And the young Sun King, according to the Shadow Card Itaman, we made our way down to the Project Zero Dawn facility and accidentally alerted the Karja to our presence. We learned what Project Zero Dawn really is, a terraforming project that will activate once all life on Earth is gone. And we finally learned the purpose of Hades, which is to destroy all life on Earth just in case the terraforming project gets it wrong. So... Uh, we figured that, well, not figured that out, but found that out, but Aloy, or we, in general, don't understand why it's active now, so, that's where we left off, kind of in the middle of the Zero Dawn facility, because it is a long, especially if you go through, and you're listening to all, all the audio logs, it takes a while to get through, so, we're still in there for now, the last area we were in was the Hades area, and now we are in the Eleuthia area. Welcome to Eleuthia. The crown and king of Gaia's subordinate functions. For it is by Eleuthia that the human race will continue to exist. I am Patrick Brochard-Klein, the Alpha in charge of this program. Now let one thing be perfectly clear from the outset. Eleuthia is not a genetic engineering project. Our goal is to preserve the human genome, not alter it. A snapshot of human genetic diversity, literally frozen in time. The genetic quintessence of our species, unmodified. Under my watch, our activities and initiatives will comply with the 2034 clone provisions and the 2048 rally accords. Now that may seem a quaint, even trivial concern to you in light of present circumstances, but... As one of the authors of the Accords, it is far from trivial to me. The practical challenges before us are staggering in scope and complexity, but not insurmountable. No. Global collation and provisional storage of zygotes, perfection of exogenic technologies, design and perfection of servitors, to provide nurture and inculcation during early child development, all of these program components must and will proceed in tandem. To say nothing of the breakneck construction of cradle facilities at sites around the world. So, si vous êtes prêt, let us begin. Yeah, so the alpha for Eleuthia is Patrick Brochard Klein. And he is, uh, yeah, he actually, we don't know much about him. I guess, technically speaking, we don't know much about any of the uh, alphas. But they kind of seem to have more personality than this guy. <laughs> yeah, so when he started talking, I, I think because I was in this facility for so long and listening to all the data logs and stuff, and he started talking, and it just felt like it was dragging. And I'm like, please, just I don't just shut up. 
like I, I don't want to be mean. I want to know what's happening, but like it just didn't stop. Yeah. No, I, I got that feeling. Like I was like, okay, I, I get it. So Aluthia is, uh, as we discussed in the last episode, it is the part of the project that is built to bring humans back. Right? Uh, they're going to grow humans in incubation chambers, and then uh, once they're yeah, you know, big enough to come out of those chambers on their own, because they're not going to just make. It's not like they're just going to make the babies and then release the babies, right? Because there's nobody to take care of the baby. Like these people have to grow to be. I'm going to say at least five, six years old. Like they have to be like pretty old. They have to be able to walk somehow. Which actually, I wonder how they're going to pull that off. Now that I think about it, like how are you going to learn how to walk? Yeah, I, you're right. Maybe maybe Gaia created robots to help. Maybe, possibly. I know there's a, well, actually, they're, they're, we're going to get into it here, uh, but there's like servitor personas that are there to nurture discipline and also heal the new humans, but that's inside the cradle, you know? Well, they're probably hanging out in there for a bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're gonna be hanging inside the I call them cradles, but they're incubu- incub incub uh, incubation like chambers, um, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know how you how do you learn how to walk? Because well, you learn how to walk by trying to walk and by watching other people walk, right? Isn't that how that works? I don't know, but now thinking about incubators because my mom has a lot of chickens, I just think of a bunch of like chicken incubators like inside. <laughs> moving around and doing their thing. Yeah, these don't look like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> these are individual. Eggs. Yeah, these are individual chambers and they, they're like they're sizable. Like they're definitely if you were just going to have babies in there, you could fit like three or four babies in each one. But as I'm saying, each one's going to have one human and it's going to have to grow to a certain size and when it comes out, it's going to have to learn how to walk, you know? Yeah, like well, like I said, maybe there's like little chicken machines that will <laughs> teach them all of the essential things to life, like how to yeah, walk. I think we're digging. Yeah, we might we might be digging too deep into it because there are the other devs are like, no, nah, we haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so there was one data point that talked about the servitors and how they were having an interesting issue where a nurture servitor was interfering with a discipline servitor. You know, like the discipline servitor was trying to discipline, you know, this, this, uh, in the simulation and nurture servitor was like, uh, uh-uh, no, you don't. So I do that with my dog where if my dog's being disciplined, I'm like, no, he's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good boy. Yeah. I'm sure all the time. All never the time. does anything wrong. Very rare. He's a very good, very boy. rare. <laughs> Uh, so there was another data point that said they successfully sealed the first cradle facility in the, uh, I think it's the Xinjiang province, Zhejiang province. I think it's Xinjiang province. Sorry. I think, and that's where the first cradle facility is. And, uh, that actually means that they've successfully like, you know, I guess planted humans around the world someplace other than Colorado. Right. <laughs> that's what that means. So. Uh, whether they made out of the facility or not is a different story because we don't even know how these humans got out. Right. I was going to say, like, I feel like whatever happened here might not have happened in other locations because something's going wrong. So that is very true. That is very true. So we don't know, but that could be a different. I mean, eventually the horizon story, if they want the series to continue, does not revolve around Aloy, right? Uh, you need the you need the story to to of Aloy to wrap up at some point, um, right? Depending on how strongly people feel about the character, you know, like they tried to wrap up Master Chief's story, and that did not work out well at all. <laughs> so, or uh, you know, maybe she's just curious on what's out there, and she'll just continue exploring the world. She'll just be like Laura Croft. She just never, you know, gets older and always on a new adventure. Yeah, Laura Croft was also like a millionaire and had access <laughs> to modern technology. So that's that's a little different. But I guess we'll see. I mean, who knows what Forbidden West is going to bring. But we do know that there's different cradle facilities around the world. 
And so, you know, as Aloy continues to move through the facility, she talks about the cradle facilities. Uh, well, she talks about All Mother Mountain, and she wonders if All Mother Mountain is a cradle facility. And Silence like, well, there's only one way to be sure. And, and that's then, another thing that I said before that I was like, oh, is All Mother, is that where all the babies were held? So I definitely did say that one. Yes, you did say that one. So credit <laughs> to Christina for that. Uh, so Aloy, she did tell him that she couldn't get in because of the corruption. And she actually hopes to find something in Elizabeth's office that will help her. Now, uh, she go a little bit forward and you get to the area where Gaia was developed. And it's actually right outside of Elizabeth's office. And there are several holograms you can watch. The, the first one, the closest one. You know, it was Gaia talking about how she was feeling sad that megafungal species went extinct. And Elizabeth was very excited that Gaia was feeling sad. You know, I guess sadness or, or, or emotion in general is a true sign of uh, intelligence. Or empathy, maybe, so, is, is empathy. what she's looking for. Because she's supposed to be, like, nurturing, right? And create, right, like, that's correct. Yeah, so I think that that is a good sign where it's like you're sad about this. So in the future, maybe you'll understand how to not have that happen again. That is true. So, yeah, so that was one of the first holograms. Another hologram, uh, and this seems to happen right before they deployed Gaia to the facility where she would, you know, be permanently. And Elizabeth was nervous. Um, she was kind of like, you know, Gaia detected distress in her voice. And she was wondering if, were, if it was all for nothing. And this is also, like, like I said, it's toward the end. So the outside of the facility was, was was trashed, is a word you could say, because you could not breathe outside without hazmat suits. Billions were dead. Um, you know, this is probably either around the time or right after she sent that message to Harris saying that the project was complete. So, yeah, she was not. she was not too... Feeling too good at that point. She was getting a little nervous to, uh, about the project. So, but the the final hologram actually involves Ted Farrow. Pure logic won't cut it, Ted. To pull this off, Gaia's going to need to have some skin in the game. It has to care. What if it runs amok? Have we learned nothing from our mistakes? Your mistakes, I think you mean. All I'm saying is. Give it a kill switch. She was just born, Ted. I'm not going to put a gun to her head while she's still in the cradle. You talk like it's a child. What if it becomes a monster? Elizabeth, may I speak outside protocol? <sighs> of course, Gaia, go on. I'm sorry to contradict you, but Mr. Pharaoh's argument is sound. At this point, the development of my psyche is not entirely predictable. To ensure preservation of life, a hardwired override is, I believe, a necessary safeguard. There. Satisfied, Ted? Jeez, let's just do what it says. And so Ted is worried that something might go wrong with Gaia and says it needs a kill switch. She's like, oh, haven't we learned anything about our mistakes? And she's like, it was your mistake, Ted. <laughs> which, which is true. Um, and uh, Elizabeth is fighting it, but actually Gaia agrees with Ted that Gaia needs a kill switch. So. So what if Hades knows about this kill switch and then he was like, Ugh, I'm going to turn you off and take over. This is true. That could have happened. But one thing that you're forgetting, Hades is not an artificial intelligence. I know. <laughs> I know. Right? Hades is just a function. All of these other things are just functions of Gaia. So you still have this massive question is like, how is Hades functional now? You know, how is Hades operating the way he is? Because he's definitely thinking and, uh, you know, doing things. He's cutting deals with, with Shadow Carja and stuff like that to get what he wants done. That's not a function. Unless, that's some type of intelligence. Unless my dude, what's his face, made him an AI and people didn't know. Travis, there Maybe. we go. But we'll find I think out. Some people will, <laughs> we'll find out, but I think somebody would have noticed if he made a full-blown AI. Yeah, that's, that's you know. true. So, yeah. But uh, Aloy does make it into Elizabeth's office. And the first thing you see that you run across is this data point about how the Odyssey has failed. Now, I want to come back to that because you may have picked up uh, data points about the Odyssey throughout the playthrough. Uh, I know there's two, uh, there's two 
data points right outside Maker's End. And there's also two data points in the rust wash close to the tall neck in the rust wash. There's two data points there. Uh, and so uh, just a little history on the Odyssey, because besides Zero Dawn, there was another project that was created uh, called the Odyssey, which was a proposed colony ship that was a multinational project. So the United States, China, India, Japan, and the Western European Alliance all go in on this this uh, space station or this like colony ship uh, during the climate crisis of 2040. Because when, if you remember back to Maker's End, you found out that Elizabeth was the one who helped create machines that fixed the climate crisis, right? So, but this was one of their answers to that as well. But the project was abandoned due to financial and labor conflicts between those countries. And it was just left in orbit. It was abandoned and left in orbit. Later on, an organization called Far Zenith uh, had hoped to finish it. So they bought it. And, and when the Pharaoh Plague came in, they kind of kicked it into overdrive. Like when, they, when that went public, they was like, okay, we really got to get this finished so that we can get it shipped off and try to save humanity. And it had an alpha belt of Apollo and it stored about 200,000 zygotes and seeds and had a crew of about 50 to 60 people. The Odyssey was destroyed after an antimatter containment failure uh, happened when the propulsion drive spun up to depart the solar system. So when they hit the gas, boom, it explodes. Uh, but like I said, there, there were several data points. The first one was at Maker's End, like I said, and it's called Odyssey and Justice. These are all like articles about the Odyssey. And the first article was talking about the true purpose of the Odyssey because some people thought it was to help trillionaires leave the planet behind that they helped destroy. That's what they thought the purpose of it was, which I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but the author says by the time the Odyssey would have launched, either humans would be dead or they would have found a way to reverse climate change. Because I think they said the Odyssey could not launch until like 2080 with the original plan, right? Uh, the author says the real purpose of the Odyssey was to spawn human populations on other planets. So basically just take a bunch of embryos to another planet and then start a population there. It's basically to help spread humanity across the uh, the cosmos. So even if they found a way to reverse climate change, there still would have been a purpose for the Odyssey. Uh, so the next one that you could have found in make, near Maker's End uh, was another article about the announcement of them stopping work on the Odyssey. So basically when they decided to pull the plug on the project. The next article, which was in the Rust Wash, and I'm not going by how you should have picked them up. I'm going by what they're late, like how they're listed in the 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 focus, you know, the, the data point number or whatever. Uh, it was an interview with Oswald Dalgard. I think I'm saying that name correct. And he is the only public member of Far Zenith. You find out as far as it really isn't a company, but it's a collective of the 77th, uh, sorry, the 77 uh, world's wealthiest people. And they all seem to be futurists. So they're all like really rich and they want to complete the Odyssey project and get humanity started on other planets. So that's what that article was really about. And then Odyssey Ready was another article about the completion of the Odyssey. And they said that the construction was complete. And I, I, I find it interesting that the note is that the only thing that remains is comprehensive system tests, specifically the antimatter pulse drives, which were the things that failed in the end. So those comprehensive tests did not work out that well. But I would say you also have to consider the fact that they were in a rush at this point because by the time the Odyssey was supposed to launch, the Pharaoh Plague was in full effect. They knew they had, you know, less than 16 months because we don't even know when they started doing this. And uh, yeah, they were kind of in a rush and it showed. So, and the final one that you get to kind of wrap up the story is in the Zero Dawn facility in Elizabeth's office. And it's a message from Elizabeth notifying all the other alphas that the, that the Odyssey was destroyed. And now Zero Dawn is the only hope for human life. So that, uh, that wraps up the, uh, the uh, story of the Odyssey. Hopeful, abandoned, hopeful, destroyed. <laughs> that, that's it. I was really confused when I saw the Odyssey stuff 
at first because the first ones that I found were the ones in Maker's End. And I was like, oh, I guess they tried to do a spaceship. I didn't even realize that it was like years before, you know, this even was happening. Um, Because I think it's like 2065 that the Zero Dawn, like that they're they're rushing to create the Zero Dawn facility stuff. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't even put two and two together. So I didn't realize it was like exactly what you said, like being built, then like stopped, then being built and all of that. So that's like a big, like random story in the middle of it. Yeah, I'd say so. I would also say because they don't mention Far Zenith that much. Sometimes they say FZ. Far Zenith is also the company that sent them the incubation chambers for Eluthia. Because they were having trouble with the incubation chambers, and Elizabeth Sobek talked to somebody at Far Zenith, and they sent over these chambers, and they're like, they skip, they like, they said, they, they said something effective. These chambers are like fifty years ahead of anything else we have. You know, all the problems they were facing, these chambers fixed. How would they ship stuff over like that if? the world was destroyed basically i mean i I, go ahead the world was being well we don't know at what point in the plague they got the the incubation chambers yeah i mean Um, obviously it wouldn't be at the end i just feel like it i don't know i mean mean, they shifted over it could have taken like forever to get there anyway but they only had like 16 months to right it was 16 months to finish it uh i would imagine that far zenith we're going to use these chambers with the Odyssey, with the embryos from the Odyssey. And so they already had them developed. Oh, they probably put them in the Odyssey, too. Exactly. Yeah, okay. they probably. So they, that's how they, one, knew they worked and two, had, had them. So, But I don't know if, this, if that was before or after their ship blew up. <laughs> so, Well, if they were prepped and the ship went up. With the crew members and everything, like everything was prepped. I'm sure that they had some on the ship too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. That's. I mean, that's. Why would you make two types of incubation chambers and give the good ones to somebody else? Right. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, or maybe the ones they had gave people superpowers and they came out. Who knows? Because I know for Eleuthia, they specifically did not want to modify the humans. They wanted to keep them the way they were. So, uh, but yeah, so after, you know, you read that or not, I mean, if you don't read data points, then, you know, you're, you're probably like snooze when I was talking about all that, mm-hmm. but, um, Aloy, she does get to Elizabeth's desk and accesses the alpha registry master file. The alpha registry master file. Intact? Yeah. No signs of corruption. Then what are you waiting for? Copy the file. With this, I can restore the registry at the hatch inside Allmother. Open it. Go inside. And grasp the secrets within. Where I was born. Maybe. Maybe who gave birth to me. Who? Are you really so naive? There will be no who waiting for you there, Aloy. Whatever birthed you into the world was a what, not a who. You bastard. Oh no, I had a legitimate birth. It's you, Aloy, who are the creation of a machine. But what kind of machine and why? Why were you created? Eclipse. You need to get out of there. What you found is too valuable. You're too valuable. So I do like the fact that the exact thing that you need is what is on her desk. Like, it's right there. It's right there for you. It's not just that. She's just like, oh, the alpha registry file is intact. I can use this to re- restore the registry uh, for the hatch inside All Mother to open the gate. How do you know that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Right. She's like turned into this huge, like, tech master, like, walking through this place or something. Yeah, I can use this to hack the Gibson. Like, you know, like it's <laughs> did was alpha registry file even mentioned before this point? 
Uh, no, it was not. <laughs> Alpha registry file, I don't think it was. How did she do like, that? Oh, they, they said it was a corrupted registry, but that's true. She she just pulled Alpha registry out of nowhere. <laughs> Aloy knows best. Yeah, and also on top of that, there's no reference to there being an Alpha registry file. There's no reference to the registry in any of the documents you find. Or what it would do. And there were so many opportunities to use the save registry or here's a registry of all the employees, all 3,000 people, or you will be added to the registry for those in Elysium. You know what I'm saying? Right. Stuff like that. I would, it would make more sense if silence would have been like, hey, <laughs> this is what it is. Even though he's like learning with us, essentially, like if, if he said something, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly, because he has a whole bunch of knowledge that you just don't have access to. Right. You know, so, yeah, that would make sense if he says something like, hmm, maybe there's some type of alpha registry file. A what? And then he explains it. Exactly. He is so, uh, he has made me so mad up until this point. He's being nothing but mean. He's just, like, asking a bunch of questions or, like, trying to talk to Aloy. And she's like, what the heck? But then when she says something, he's like, no, stop, pay attention. Like, dude. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. Oh, my God. I was so annoyed. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds like it. <laughs> I felt bad. So besides normal silence being a jerk, he was a bit of an extra jerk here uh, because Aloy is like, oh, now I can get into all Mother Mountain. I can find out who gave birth to me, maybe. And silence is like, who? It's not going to be a who. It's going to be a what? And she, she was like, you were birthed by machines. But he's like, but why? i'm like dude you know it definitely upsets her when he says that oh no but it's not just that she calls him a bastard and he's like no i'm not because i had real parents and i'm like bro leave her alone she is like (laughs) a child basically like trying to figure out what's going on there's a lot of information like stop yeah exactly that's the he did he didn't give her that sick burn there (laughs) but uh yeah but you know soon after that eclipse start to repel into the facility again but this time helis is there wearing his ridiculous armor like i don't know so when the armor was was in the tent it looked a bit more intimidating maybe but when he has it on i'm like oh no oh no 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 it just looks ridiculous i just don't Uh, understand when the eclipse started dropping why she didn't like duck go to the other side of the <laughs> table maybe like there's a big glass like a big window right there well i don't think she okay she saw them like repelling but i don't know if she thought maybe they didn't see her or they weren't going to be able to get in it wasn't until helis throws this bomb or grenade or whatever it's probably whatever comes out of the blastling honestly um he throws that at the glass that she actually reacts to that but by that time, it's too late because when it blows up, she she gets knocked out. Well, she gets knocked out. He uncovers her, says something smart, and then kicks her in the face and knocks her out again. So, yeah, but that's uh, that is that actually ends the deepest secrets of the Earth quest. You actually do end up changing quests here, but. You, I don't think you ever see the title of it. Maybe you do. You do when you get control of your character. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention at sure. that point. I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was looking at the behemoth, looking at me, looking at him. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was doing. But we're gonna go ahead and get to that. Uh, but yeah, so now we're in uh, terror of the sun, and when Ailey wakes up, she is in a cage, and Helis is walking toward her. My entire life. I've always known one thing with prophetic certainty. That I was destined for glory as a great champion of the sun. Even when Joran was murdered, even when Meridian fell, I never doubted my destiny. Until you came along. When I heard that you had survived, a doubt took root in my mind. As sure as the sun rises and falls each day, those I am bade to kill die. And yet I failed. How? Why? With each dig site you attacked, each loyal soldier you killed, this pestering doubt grew. 
I kept thinking of the moment my knife pierced your throat. One twist, a simple tug of the blade, and you would have bled out. In slaughter, I am a practiced hand. So why hesitate? Why fail my destined purpose? See that scar on your cheek? You didn't get to finish. Yes, I remember. He fought well. For a savage. His name was Rost. And he was a better man than you could ever hope to be. The better man is the one who doesn't end up with his guts steaming on the ground. No. It wasn't him. I could have finished you before he attacked. But I didn't. This failing troubled my thoughts. Haunted every step. It was only when I captured you, down in that place, that I finally glimpsed the sun's design etched at length across the course of events. You were meant to survive that day on the mountain. Meant to interfere at dig sites and kill my men. Conversely, I was meant to capture you, here so that you might die as a sacrificial offering to the sun. Everything as it was meant to be. Predestined and preordained. Some destiny. You're following orders, not some grand cosmic design. You're a puppet, with Hades yanking the strings. A pawn pushed around by larger forces. It'd be laughable, if there weren't so much killing involved. Hades is an ancient machine, not the buried shadow of Karja myth. It doesn't care about Meridian. It wants to kill everything and everyone. And you are its dutiful slave. I serve not the buried shadow, but the sun in shadow. All halves of nature joined to one cause. Shadow to sun. Dark to light. Do you really not hear how ridiculous that sounds? You've gone from serving an insane homicidal Sun King to an insane homicidal machine. You're moving down in the world, not up. I'll remember those words as I watch your corpse burn. Whatever's left of it. You fail to grasp the point. As surely as you've been conquered, so has all doubt. And with certainty of belief comes unstoppable force. Then pick the cage and put your faith to the test. See if things work out like you expect. The circle has closed. Every element is in its proper place, exactly where it belongs. The errant beast, now caged, will serve her true purpose. A sacrificial animal. Oh, speaking of sacrifice, I forgot to tell you. After you crashed the Eclipse Network, I sent messengers into the East to rally the forces there and mount an invasion of the sacred land. I ordered every Nora killed. I was hoping to catch you there, but alas, it all seems to have been unnecessary. The Nora cast me out at birth. You're not hurting me if you hurt them. Really? Then it makes no difference one way or another. In any case, I couldn't recall the order even if I wished to. Thanks to your destruction of the network, communication over distances is impossible. You not only doomed yourself, but an entire tribe. Do we not see the scorching judgment of the sun in these events? Your focus. Such a powerful device, isn't it? And yet, so fragile. So you see, this time, I did not hesitate. The knife has already been twisted. So she's been stripped of all her gear, and she is in a cage hanging over the sun ring. And uh, yeah, he was admitted that uh, she got to him a little bit because he lost a little faith in himself or questioned himself when he found out that she was still alive. He was wondering why he failed. 
He didn't pity himself, though, because remember, he'll never pity himself again. Of course. <laughs> right. Of course. So uh, he was wondering why he failed. So there are a few flashpoints here, but that, that don't have regular flashpoint, you know, responses. So you can either bring up Ross. You can say, oh, you knew it was wrong or trying to bore me to death. So w- what did you say? I regret that I didn't say you're boring me to death because I watched a video that someone said that. I'm like, man, that's a good response. But I said Rost. Oh, you said Ross? What was the response to trying to bore me to death? She basically just tells him off. Like, you're talking like you're boring me to death. Like, you might as well kill me now or something along those lines. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I chose Ross, too. And Aloy, she points out the scar on his cheek and reminds him that Ross stopped him from killing her. But he 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 says that Ross fought well, but he says he could have finished her before Ross even attacked. Uh, so it was kind of irrelevant. Um, I don't know the you knew it was wrong. Like you're that just seems like an odd option to pick because you're really going to try to uh, cater to this guy's humanity. Essentially, is what that would be doing. Like, yeah, no, that's just not going to work. There's like, no coming back for this dude. There, there was no. There's no back. He was never. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there. you can tell, like, this guy's a, he's a psycho, man. He's slept on a stone floor on his wedding night. His <laughs> wife might even be worse. <laughs> Miss Animal ready to strike, you know? <laughs> so they're weird. Anyway, and then our, our, our uh, audience members who sleep on, sleep on stone floors just turned off the podcast right there. <laughs> uh, so uh, the conclusion that he comes to is that all this was meant to be. And that all this was supposed to happen so that you could be caught where you were and then be sacrificed in the sun ring. That's what he 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 believes is is happening here. He suffers from main villain disorder, I guess. I don't know. Where like he just won't kill the one that he's trying to kill for whatever reason. Like he pauses, he monologues, he wants to make a display over it and he failed. Like what? Just kill her. Like if you want, just kill her. (laughs) You had the opportunity multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. There's a flashpoint for this option for this point too. Like which one did you pick? Cause you can say you're a thug, you're a fool, you're a puppet. I said, you're a puppet. Of course you did. Cause the same one I picked. (sighs) Yeah, so uh, when you say that he's a puppet, he says, uh, you know, Aloy says there is no destiny. He's just following orders and says he's a, he's a he's a pawn. And, you know, she explains that Hades, what Hades is, as just an ancient machine, but he still doesn't believe. He just repeats what Bahavis told him about the whole thing, day to night, night to day, sun to moon, sun to shadow, you know, whatever, cats to dogs, whatever <laughs> he's saying here. That, you know, all the nature uh, elements of nature are coming together to correct the cycle. And, uh, you know, Aloy points out that he's moving down in the world because he used to serve a homicidal king. Now he serves a homicidal machine. Uh, so Aloy does try to prod him to open the cage and fighting her, but he declines. You know, he's like, everything is where it needs to be. And then he calls her a sacrificial animal. That's what he does. He calls her animal like twice, you know. Uh, but he does uh, give you some... Some rather bad news. He tells you that after uh, Aloy focused the uh, char- uh, crashed the focus network, that he ordered every Nora to be killed, and he was hoping to find her in the sacred land. But he's like, oh, I guess I didn't need to anyway, you know, which is true. And he got a flashpoint, and you could say they cast me out, or it's needless slaughter, or they're irrelevant. So what did you pick? I picked they're irrelevant. But not because of the answer that she gave. I thought it meant like they're irrelevant. Like, I don't care about them, which obviously the answer I should have picked then was, oh, well, they cast me out. But no, I said they're right. irrelevant, I guess, by accident. Well, what does she say when, they, when you said they're irrelevant? Um, so I thought she was going to say, oh, they're irrelevant to me. Like, I don't even care. No, she said the Nora have no part to play in this. Leave them alone. And he said, soon they'll have no uh, part to play in anything. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, you know, so if you say they cast me out, that's the one that uh, I picked. Um, specifically because I thought you might pick one of the other two. That's so the I was one like, I wanted to one pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she said, oh, you know, she says that, you know, they cast her out. Uh, and they don't mean anything. She says she essentially actually, she, I think she says exactly that hurting the Nora isn't hurting her. And then Helis is like, oh, OK, then I guess it was a waste then. 
But then he says, you know, he couldn't call off the attack if he wanted to because she destroyed the focus network. So he they have no long range communications. And he's like, see, look what you did. He tries to make her feel bad about her actions. You know, um, so he's, he says something to the about judgment of the sun. Yak, yak, yak. Shadow card to this. You know, that's what he, he's doing now. And then he destroys her focus, which seems like, oh, boy. You know, I hate when games do this. I hate when games take tools away from me to, you know, deep into the game. But, it, you know, it's whatever. So he destroys the focus. And then he walks away. And as he's walking away, you can hear cheering in the sunlight. Karja Faithful, rejoice. Our years in shadow are over. A new dawn trembles on the horizon. A new day soon to break. When it does, the false Sun King will be dead, and Holy Meridian ours once more. In this, I have become an instrument of prophecy. All halves of nature join to one cause. Shadow to sun, light to dark, night to day. Behold! Now I'm assuming there's some type of time jump here. Because obviously you didn't hear anybody cheering or saying anything before when he was talking to you, but the place is packed. The play, the the sun ring is packed to watch Aloy's sacrifice. You remember when I was like stuttering around the Osaram, being there, excited for the sun ring, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe because X, Y, and Z, like they probably don't do that stuff anymore. But then seeing the crowd reaction to this scene, like I thought about that at that moment. And I was like, oh, never mind. I have no idea how this is acceptable to all of the other tribes. Right. Exactly. So and those were like not the people on Shadow Side. Those were like the nobles that we really didn't get to see in, in Shadow in, uh, in Sunfall. But uh, he looks he's addressing the crowd, basically saying that, hey, things are looking up for us. Things are about to change. He brings two corruptors into the sun ring. At first, people are like, what is that? They are looking pretty scared. But he's like, oh, you know. Don't be afraid of them. They're friendly. They're going to help us out. And uh, then he has the two corruptors corrupt a behemoth because he wanted to show how much stronger the machines were with, quote unquote, the shadow. And he's like, you know, Aloy's going to be the first one to die. Well, he doesn't say it by name. But um, that's when you're dropped into the sun ring and you have to take on this behemoth with no armor, no weapons. That's what you have to do at this point. Obviously, you don't fight it. Like, you're not fighting a behemoth with no armor and no weapons. Uh, This is when you finally get control back of of the game. Uh, And, I mean, essentially, it's pretty simple. Uh, You know, you just got to get the behemoth to hit the support structures around the ring to bring the platform down that has your stuff. And you only have to do two. He kept dodging them. I kept, like, standing in front of it and moving or standing behind it or whatever. And he kept going around it. I'm like, bro, I like I was just rolling in circles for like 10 minutes. Like, this isn't hard. Just hit it, (laughs) please. Oh, no, I got my stuff back in like 10 seconds. Like, yeah, I would just stand behind it and I would dodge once he broke through it. That's what I tried to do. And I was like, maybe I'll stand in front of it. But then he wasn't dashing. And then I stood behind it and then he would dash around it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What do you want me to do? (laughs) No, he he didn't want to play your game. He's like, you're in my sun ring now. Yeah, exactly. So so when you do get him to the, when you do get it to break down the two uh, structures you need, you do get a kind of a cool scene where the, you know, everything falls down as a cloud of smoke and Ailey runs into it. And when she runs out the other side, she is armored up. Man, it takes me like two, three minutes at least to just try to put my pants on, especially if there's holes in the knee. It's just my foot goes through the hole in the knee like every time. How does she get her clothes on that fast? <laughs> yeah, she armored up with like no problem. And at that point, you know, it's 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 just a Tuesday, right? <laughs> at that point, it's just a Tuesday. Uh, I, all I did was rope cast it, frost it, and hard point arrows. You, I took away the things on its head that let it do the gravity attacks, and that's it. I see. You know, that's, that's. I didn't even freeze it or rope cast it or anything. I just put blast wire down and then like kept using um, triple uh, tear arrows, and then it would stun it and it would slide into the blast arrows and then explode. So like that's that dude was like just dead. 
That's the cooler way to do it. <laughs> Did you turn your back during the explosions? I should have. I should have. I got hit, though, instead. Oh, yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. Uh, so when Aloy kills the behemoth, the crowd starts to boo. And I'm like, uh, you should be thanking me for the show. <laughs> you know, uh, but they didn't really appreciate it. Uh, so Helis, he sends the corruptors down to kill her, and she even at that point she prods him further. She was like, "Why don't you come down and do it yourself?" Which would have been more effective, <laughs> to be honest with you. It would have been way more effective. So as the corruptors get closer, because not like we haven't fought two corruptors at the same time, so it's not really that much of a threat. Uh, the corruptors get closer, and then the gates of the sun ring explode, and it is silence, and not hollow silence, it is flesh silence, riding a strider, with another strider at his side, and that one's for Aoi, if you didn't catch that, but, um, you know, he comes through, uh, and then with him, he brought three ravagers, three, and obviously, if he's riding a strider, that means he knows how to override machines. So he brought three Ravagers with him. And then when the crowd sees the Ravagers, that's when they start cheering again. So the Corruptors actually start fighting the Ravagers, which I, I believe the Ravagers are going to win that fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The corruptors. Yeah, because the Corruptors can't corrupt something that's over already overwritten, just like you can't override something that's corrupted. I'm assuming that's the way the rules go. Oh, I assumed <laughs> yeah. that, too. I would hope yeah, so. so. Yeah, other than that, that's, that's bad news for Silence because they would just corrupt him and turn right around and chase him out. But uh, yeah, and as uh, the Ravagers take on the Corruptors, as Aloy and Silence ride out, and Hela screams traitor. So it seems like he still thought Silence was on his side for some reason. Or, or at least the fact that, you know, Hela di like, directly knows who Silence is. So Silence assisting the 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 shadow card i think is a little bit or eclipse i think is a little bit more to that than he's well obviously there's more to that than he's saying yeah even though he said that he was not part of the he said specifically he wasn't part of the eclipse yeah but the eclipse is a splinter of the shadow card so he could have been a part of shadow card but not the eclipse True, but he said he also said I'm not, i've never been a part of anything because uh, he only yeah. watches out for himself so he did say that uh, but yeah, they ride away, not that far away, but far enough away, and Aloy and Silence talk outside. So you're here. Really here. You risked your life. Of course I did. If you'd been killed, the Nora's sacred mountain would never have given up its secrets. Too bad you wasted your time, then. Helis destroyed my focus. And the Alpha Registry with it. Not at all. The whole time I've been monitoring your focus, I've duplicated every data file you scanned. Installing that data to a new focus was trivially easy. Happy birthday, Isaac. Daddy sure does love his little big man. You're really good at making it impossible to like you, Silence. But I guess I need this. It's time to see where you were born. Maybe you'll even learn why. Yeah. Meet the machine that birthed me into this world. Isn't that how you put it? I'll be off. Wait. Yes? Helis recognized you back in the Sunring. You told me that you'd assisted the Eclipse. Not that you knew the man who killed my... Who almost killed me. So now you know. The man is a serious threat. So let's do all we can to make sure that he and Hades don't succeed. Since when can you override machines? Ever since you discovered the technique. I had to destroy a corrupted to obtain the necessary parts, of course. But your example showed me how to do that as well. Yet another benefit of monitoring your activities through your focus. Truth be told, the underlying logic of the technique isn't so different from rites practiced by Banuk shamans. Though, of course, far more advanced. Great. You're welcome, I guess. I'll be on my way. To make matters worse, Helis ordered an Eclipse detachment to attack the Nora Sacred Land. The tribe's already weak. They won't stand a chance. You should come with me. Well, absolutely not. I have preparations to make elsewhere. What kind of... Why do I bother asking? You're not going to tell me. When the time is right, I'll be in touch. I'll contact you later. Aloy. When you were recovering the Alpha Registry down in the Zero Dawn Bunker, I was needlessly cruel. 
for your sake? I hope there is someone waiting there for you inside the motel. Not a what, but a who. You know, silence being silence implies that the only reason he saved Aloy was because he wouldn't be able to get into All Mother without her. <laughs> That's what how he, he says that, which is probably true. I mean, oh yeah, they didn't even they didn't even try to hint at oh he was you know he was worried or anything like that or he's having some type of attachment to her. They don't even hint at that. Like so, I'm gonna take his word for it that he just wanted to make sure he can get into All Mother. Well, didn't he at least apologize? He did apologize. He apologized for what he said about her birth, and he yeah. hopes someone is there waiting for her. Um, but I also kind of think he did that because of the way he said it was so that she wouldn't be mad at him. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he's getting he, that's the only nice thing he's done since, you know, we've known of his character. So maybe, maybe that's why he did it. Uh, but he does reveal that, you know, because the Aloy is like, well, I can't get into All Mother because the, you know, my folks was destroyed. They had the, the copy of the registry, yada, yada. And then he reveals that he's been copying all the data all along. So he has a backup of everything and he put it onto another focus for Aloy. Now, that's great and all, especially for the game. But my thing is, I don't know if I want to if I want to focus from silence. I don't know if, if it's a good idea to have a focus from silence. Remember, Hades can make focuses explode. Why can't silence? Right. But I don't Especially if, think he would. I don't. I, I think if he was hacked into her focus already, he was already in the network. He would have been able to make that other focus explode. Well, I'm not saying like the only reason is because it can make focuses explode. But like who else knows what he did to it? You know, yeah, I don't think he would do anything to jeopardize her just because he needs her to find this information. She's the only one that can open the gate because her identity needs to be scanned. Right. And then what happens when he doesn't need her anymore? I feel like there's always going to be questions that need to be answered. Uh, He's he seems like the kind of person that will always be seeking answers and she's a good tool to have. Maybe unless she tries to go after him and tries to kill him or something. Right. Yeah, I just don't I just don't trust the guy, you know, so the thing that I didn't trust, but then I realized oh, he probably backed up old files is when he was like, oh, the whole time I've been monitoring your focus, I duplicated everything that you scanned. Um, Happy birthday, Isaac. Daddy sure loves his. Yeah. I was like, has he been watching this since I was a child? This is so weird. But then I was like, ah, maybe it's just in the backlog and he scanned it over. Maybe. I do think he's been watching it for quite a while, though. That's the thing. He's probably been in the focus for quite some time. You know, Freak. as soon as he was able to detect it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he does admit that he knows Helis, but doesn't he still doesn't go into the extent of their relationship or what he did. Now, at this point, it was interesting because Aloy, I, I'm pretty sure she almost slips up and called Ross her father. You know? When she, when he's like, you know, you didn't tell me that you knew the guy who killed my, or almost killed me, you know, that she stops short of calling Ross her father. I Um, wonder if that's because she didn't want to call him her father. Cause I don't think she's said that even though he was like, he was her father at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Um, but I wonder if it was because of that or because she knows she shouldn't trust him. So she doesn't want to reveal anything. Even though I feel like that's not like a big thing, like oh my god, he would have known. I'm sure he would have known already from being in the focus. That's true. So I don't know why. You know, so. I don't know. Maybe it was just like a, oh, I don't want to call on my dad, but like, yeah, she just stopped right short of doing it. Uh, but he, you know, at the end of the day, Silence says it doesn't really matter. That they just need to stop Helios and Hades. That's the important thing, which is true. So you know, whenever he brings that up, Aloy kind of probably just gets right on board with that. You know. Uh, he does uh, talk about how he learned how to override machines, and it's pretty simple. He just watched Aloy do it, and he said he had to kill a, uh, a corruptor to do so. But he, he did mention that the technique is not so different than a rite that's performed by Banuk shamans. So he does know about Banuk. I think I said before, I think he might be a Banuk based on those, like, uh, you know, the. the the those light strips he has in his skin and now you can see him clearly like when you're seeing him in person like they're a little harder to see when he's in hologram form 
But when he's in person, you can clearly see him. Because the only other people I've seen with those are Banuk. But he, in other ways, he does not dress like a Banuk. So it's a little, it's a little different. Uh, and, you know, toward the end of the conversation, Aloy tells him that, you know, Hela sent Shadow Cards to attack the Sacred Land. And she wants him to come, but he declines. Like, I got to go make preparations. She's like, what? Never mind. Uh, but he, that's when he apologizes for what he said about her birth. So now as a parting gift, he gives Aloy Karja armor in case she needs to get back into Sunfall. So like I was saying, the, at this point of the game, things have changed in the world. One, you cannot go into Sunfall without this Shadow Karja armor. If you walk up to Sunfall without the armor on, the game will literally put up an invisible wall and you cannot move any further until you put the armor on. Like an invisible wall, not even silence being like, hey, you can't go in there. Yeah. No. Just, straight up invisible wall. That's. Yeah. Huh. Just that the game's like, you need to wear shadow card armor. They don't let you walk in there and aggro and let them attack or nothing like that. They're like, just, it's not and, even Aloy being like, oh, I can't go in here without stealing my no, identity. No, not even. Nope. Nope. <laughs> just the wall. Like, you can't go in here without shadow card armor. That's what they do. Maybe it's getting toward the end of development. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just put it in text. Just put it in text. We are out of the voice budget. We are out of the voice budget. Put it in text. You know what? I'll I'll take that. That's fine. On the next episode, we're actually going to talk about uh, side quests and the other areas in the Sundom because we, you know, we talked about Iridian and everything. But there's other areas around the Sundom, like the Sun Steeps, the Rust Wash, the Jewel. So we're going to talk about those areas, talk about their sun quests, and then once we're done talking about those areas, then we're going to go ahead and head over to All Mother Mountain and see what's going on with the Nora now. So, Christina, how are you feeling? I am so excited I did all my side quests before this point because I don't have to worry about putting armor on to go back to, to Sunfall. And I'm excited because we got so much information that we were waiting for and it still doesn't feel like it's enough information i don't think we're going to get that because there's dlc in another game and all of that so i'm i want to rush forward and be like yeah i want to find everything out but i know i'm not going to find everything out so i'm excited but trying to be a little reserved at this point right i think we still do get some additional a good amount of additional information between the ending of the game and the DLC. Uh, but obviously, yeah, they, they, they're saving some uh, stuff for the next game. And based on what happens in some of the side quests, you can tell they plan, like, if, if they, it seems like they planned out the next game way ahead of time, or at least the story. Or maybe they had multiple story threads that they could have taken and decided to take one of them, so. Yeah. Well, there was one side quest in in particular that made it really seem like this was the direction they were going for the next game. Uh, Absolutely. And we're going to we're going to get into those. Uh, So but yeah, that's going to be we're going to be starting the, you know, talking about the rest of the Sundom in the next side quest. Sorry, in the next episode. (laughs) And uh, that's going to be the end of this episode. So I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And uh, if you want to know what's going on with this show or any of the other shows on the Mashes Button Network, you can follow us on Twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. You can also find me on my other podcast called Wondrous Tales. And it is a Final Fantasy 14 podcast that talks about everything in the game, main story and all our fun shenanigans that we get into. Right. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Stradamus. And you can also find me uh, streaming sometimes on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. <laughs> yeah, we love to have you join our Discord community, like I mentioned earlier, which is mash.gg slash Discord. And, you know, we encourage you guys to reach out with your comments and questions about the show, about the game. And you can do so on Discord or reach out to us on Twitter, or you can even email us at contact at mash.gg. Uh, if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to ask is to share the show with others and to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, please visit mtb.gg support. And you can see all the ways to support Mash's buttons, including a Patreon, a Teespring store. We have Twitch subscriptions and a Humble Bundle affiliate links and a one-time PayPal donation links. 
Uh, so, you know, any support is appreciated. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we are done for this episode. We will see you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 